Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. We're going to be reviewing the past 12 weeks, or I guess really 10 weeks. I did a 10-week cut, and I'm going to review the whole thing with you. So one, I'm going to talk about how my body was set up for this cut, because honestly, guys, I've done a lot of cuts before. I've done builds, I've done maintenance, I've done it all. I've seen successes. I've seen failures. I've had really bad approaches. I've had great approaches. But I'm always learning. And I think that's the main takeaway is that we can always learn from the past and the choices that we made. So I'm kind of excited to review over why I feel like this was such a great, successful cut for me. And I'm going to go over my approach, my compliance with it. And I'll talk about even some mistakes I made in it. We'll be discussing reversing, how to know when it's time to reverse, uh, biofeedback, and just the basics of that. So I'm excited for this discussion. I think it's going to be great. So first and foremost, let's review you know, how, how my body was set up for this cut and why I think it was so successful. So let's not just look at this past three months, but let's look at where for the past two years my body has been. So the past 27 months, I've spent 21 of those in maintenance or in a build. Let that sink in. In the past 27 months, only six months of those were in a cut. So let's go back to the end of December. That would have been 25 months. The past 25 months, I would have been in a cut for only three months. And the only reason why I, I did that cut to begin with, it was, at the, it was July of last year. It was because my husband was doing a cut and he was struggling mentally. And it was kind of hard when he's like in a cut and he's looking over at me and, <laughs> and I'm in a build. And so I'm like in a calorie surplus enjoying all the whole foods and yum foods because I'm in like a 500 calorie surplus at this point. So I told him, look, he was really struggling with compliance. And he's like, I just need somebody in it with me. And I, I think that so much of it is a mental game that sometimes I do. I feel like you need somebody in the struggle with you, right? In the trenches with you. So I told him, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and do a cut with you for three months and let's really try to get you um, on track. And so I went into a cut and I had actually really successful cut. Remember up, up till this point, I had just, I had been doing like a 10 month build. And so I had put on 12, 13 pounds during that build. My, my waist had gone up three inches. So I dropped 10 pounds over that three-month cut last year. So I'd gotten to about 18-ish percent body fat. And I don't want you to obsess too much about these numbers. I just, because that, that number, 18% body fat, looks very, very, very different on everybody, depending on how much muscle mass someone has, depending on where they hold body fat. So don't get obsessed about that number. It's just a reference point. Then I went right back into a build. 
I didn't reverse any. I just went right back into a build. I didn't care. I just wanted muscle. I was really only doing the cut for my husband and moral support, but also sometimes it's nice with my Instagram account showing people me in a cut too and tips. And a lot of times when I do get into cuts, I'll remember these things that's like, oh, I've got to talk to people about that. So when you're in a build, you don't think about those things. But when you're in a cut and you're in there, uh, in the trenches with people and with your clients, it can be really nice to be able to relate to them. So I went back up about 10 to 13-ish pounds. I say ish because the scale fluctuates, guys, and it's no biggie. But it it is just what it is. So, and I was okay putting on that body fat muscle. Body fat increased to about 20% again. So December, we decided, you know what, we're going to try to get pregnant at the end of 2022 using our last two frozen embryos. We get our children through in vitro, and it's just kind of a genetic thing with my eggs. Not much I can do about that, so we have to get our children through in vitro. Anyways, and as I was thinking about getting pregnant again, I was thinking, you know, for the past 25 months, I've been in builds or in maintenance or just a little bit fluffier. And it would be fun to kind of shred down a little bit again, see my six pack, see my arms become a little bit more shredded again, because everybody has a genetic map of where they put on body fat and when they put it on, right? I don't put body fat on my legs at all. I just don't. It doesn't go there. It goes around my waist and it goes on my arms and it starts going on my back a little bit later. But but usually most of it goes around my stomach and then my arms. So I thought it would be fun to go to the gym and look a little bit more shredded, a little bit more fit before I get pregnant again and go through that wonderful period where my body fluctuates and gets all big and cute. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do a fun, aggressive cut come January. I'm going to do it for 12 weeks. My goal is to really lean out my arms again, see my abs again. So that was the goal going into this. So January, my cardio and my training were this. I kept my training. When I say training, I mean weightlifting. I kept my weightlifting at four times a week. I went from zero cardio, guys. When I'm in a build, I don't do cardio. I do walks and things like that, but I don't count that as cardio. So I went from zero cardio to four times a week for 20 to 30 minutes. And just steady state, I have Hashimoto's. I don't recover really well from intense bouts of hit or anything like that. So I want to have my recovery really on point. And so I have to be very careful. If I'm training hard, I usually will lean more towards steady state cardio. Now with clients at the beginning of a cut when their calories are a little bit higher, I usually do prefer using things like HIT, but for me and myself, I didn't do that and it's okay. You can honestly do what you enjoy doing the most. So that was my cardio and my training. I'm a huge believer in tracking steps when you go into a calorie deficit because your body does want to start slowing down. And so believe it or not, you will find yourself sitting around more. So I I usually don't track steps when I'm at maintenance or in a build. But when I go into a calorie deficit, I start tracking steps. So I was making sure that my steps were 10,000 a day. I didn't care if my cardio attributed that to that or not. I just wanted it 10,000 minimum steps a day. 
And that is pretty easy for me to hit because I'm a pretty active person. So nutrition. I went into a 20% calorie deficit, keeping my protein at one gram per body weight. So about 130-ish was where I've been keeping my protein. Now, I just want to say this. There is no magic macro ratio. Let carbs and fats fall where they may. So you don't want your fats to fall under 0.4 grams of lean body mass. So otherwise, I know a lot of people obsess about, no, what's your macro ratio and this perfect macro ratio? And the truth is macros do matter in regards to pairing carbs appropriately with your training. So if you are doing something like sarcoplasmic hypertrophy was actually what I started with, and that type of training does much better with higher amounts of carbs. In fact, I set my carbs just a little too low. They weren't low, low. But I did notice that over the first two weeks of tracking, I, I did notice I naturally wanted to eat more carbs and less fats. And so I kept calories the same and protein the same, and I just made adjustments to my carbs and fats, and it made it a lot easier to be compliant. And my training felt so much better when I just increased those carbs just a bit more too. So let's talk about compliance for January. By the end of the month, and and keep in mind this, I consider 100% compliance to be hitting your macros plus or minus 5 grams. So I had 29 out of 31 perfect days at 100%. Now, those two days that were a little bit off, one was my birthday. I didn't track it all that day, and I enjoyed cake and whatever I wanted to eat that day. And another day, I was a little under the weather, and I didn't track that day either. I highly doubt I went over, though, but I still consider it a non-tracking day, and so it still goes against me as far as me being compliant. So those two days of not tracking did land me at 93% compliance. And I want you to think about that. 93% only not tracking two days out of that 31. People will often say they're at like 95% compliance, but when we review their MyFitnessPal or their tracker, and then we talk about their compliance as far as them like grabbing things throughout the day, not tracking, they find that they're landing like under 80%. And it's always eye-opening to them. They're like, oh, that's why. Because they want to compare their results to other people's results. And we can't do that. One, because everybody has different bodies and everybody's fat loss will be at different speeds. But also, maybe they really are being more consistent And your perceived consistency isn't actually as high as you think it is. So I like talking about that because the scale went down 6.3 pounds in January, which was really awesome. But let's consider the two things. One, I just come from a build. I was eating in a calorie surplus. My waist was up three inches. I was up like 10 to 13-ish And so seeing that come down 6.3, I was really excited about it. 
but also my compliance was bam on point. Now, a lot of times people think, well, if somebody's compliant, it's because it's easy for them and they're not as hungry as me. Well, I'm here to burst that little bubble. That's not true. I got on a few times on Instagram and was just kind of like, I just want to vent. I don't like focusing a lot on me being hungry, but I am going to say right now I'm hungry and I kind of want a break, but I know the Lindsay of tomorrow will be grateful if I stay the course today. So sometimes I would use Instagram like, hold me accountable, guys. Tomorrow morning I'm going to get on and I'm going to talk about this. And it was kind of good having you guys cheer me on. So thank you so much. You guys always help me. So let's talk about February. I actually had a few weeks where, th- where the scale plateaued. And if I were to only be looking at the scale, I could have gotten really frustrated. But I could also tell that my body was changing. So I wasn't too worried. But I also knew that I wanted to be aggressive. And so I did push down my calorie deficit to a 25% calorie deficit. And I increased my cardio too to six times a week for 45 minutes. Now, for me personally, that is not sustainable and it's not something that I want to be doing year round. I don't want to be doing cardio six times a week for 45 minutes on top of my four day lifting that I like having consistency with throughout the year. So I reminded myself, this is only for a short period and I can do this for a short period. So I would do 20 minutes in the morning and then 20 minutes post-workout or on non-training days, I would do the full 45 minutes in the morning. And I actually have an elliptical at home, which makes things really easy for me. So the scale didn't seem to budge much, but my six pack really started showing up. And I was now down two inches in my waist. My compliance for February was 95%, so it actually increased. But overall, in February, the scale only went down 1.1 pounds. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that would freak out about that. But the truth is, guys, when you get under 20% body fat and and you're approaching like 18 17%, you're not going to be seeing massive, huge movement down in the scale. So the leaner you are, the less we actually rely on the scale and the more we rely on pictures and how you feel and if you're feeling a lot tighter, which I was, and it was really exciting. So in March, the first two weeks of March, the scale went down another pound and a half. And I was really excited about this. And I was feeling super lean. My waist went down. So now I'm three inches down from where I started. I was really feeling tight. I loved how I was looking in the gym. I was feeling femininely fit, but not unhealthily shredded. Do you, I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. Sometimes I'll look at people in the gym or even on Instagram, and this is not said with judgment. It's just a observation that they actually look depleted. So their muscles aren't looking full. They just look depleted. And it is like a flat 
look in their muscles. And I, I was really happy because I had kept the full look. So I was feeling really, really good in the gym. Well, can I tell you that this was like a double-edged sword because I kind of got greedy and thought I want more. But then at the same time, I was kind of like, but I don't really because I love where I'm at right now. And I can actually sustain this look, which is different. If I had dropped another three to four pounds, that's, that would have been something that I would not have been able to sustain without a lot of restriction. And it wouldn't have been healthy, in my opinion, for my mind and body. So I kind of sat there and was weighing back and forth like, well, why should I get more shredded? If I can't sustain it, I know I can't. I've already been that shredded. What are the trade-offs? Is it worth it? Is it? And I'm just going back and forth, right? Like I'm thinking in my mind, oh, it's worth it. It'll be fun to get there. I know I won't stay there, but at least it will be fun to get there. And then I'll, I'll hold on to it for a few weeks and then I'll be back up a little bit up uh, to where I can still keep a six pack, but it's more of that what I have right now, that more sustainable look and stuff. And anyways, it was kind of funny how I'm just going back and forth in my mind. And, and I made a decision. Now I'm kind of, now as I'm reviewing it, I'm looking back, just kind of laughing. I got greedy, pretty much. That's end of story. I got greedy. And I thought, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to ignore the fact that I already feel awesome right now. I already really love where, I, where I'm at right now, where I've landed. My biofeedback is amazing. So what's biofeedback? Biofeedback comes down to a bunch of things. So there's cravings, there's sex drive. I still had my sex drive, which is awesome because for most women, it's like the first thing that goes in a cut. So I still had that. That was great. Energy levels, fatigue levels, sleep quality were great. Stress was low. Mood swings. Now there's like a little bit of hangry that I would get, but nothing bad. So my biofeedback was great. And I just got greedy and was like, do you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to drop my nutrition to a 30% deficit. And I'm going to increase my cardio to, you know, 45 minutes in the morning and 20 uh, post-workout some days, not all, but some. And, oh man, guys, within a week. So I did that. And at first there was a few days I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden it was just like, bam, 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 one thing after another. I had a family event come up. It was my daughter's baptism. So I'm planning a party. I'm planning on in-laws and family coming into town, which they're great. So that's not high stress by any stretch of the imagination, but there still is going to be some element of elevation of like awareness. You know, people are coming in. I have a party to plan. I've got to do all of this stuff. Then my period hits. And then my husband decided that he's just going to start snoring. Just decided to start snoring. So now I'm not sleeping. And I'm literally waking up three to four times in the middle of the night to him snoring. And at one night I woke up and I yelled, I can't do this anymore. And I like hit him with a pillow. <laughs> I was dying. And then if you guys have followed me on Instagram for a while, you know, I get up at four, five o'clock, no later than five. And I love my morning time. It is sacred to me. 
So that is one thing I do not want to give up. And it was just this perfect storm. And mentally, guys, I had been 10 weeks on point. Like it was over 10 weeks, it was averaging 95% on point on my compliance. Anyways, all of this just came at me and my compliance just collapsed. And I just was like, I can't do this. Mentally, I just kind of was like, I'm going to break. I can't do everything right now. And so I had a little coaching session with myself where I walked myself through what I would tell a client. There's so much stress going on. There's lack of sleep. We've got to focus on what really matters right now. Take a step back from the cut and do a little cut break for a week. So I did that. And do you know, it was really, really, really good. I wasn't, I, I actually was still tracking because I wanted to see, I ate what I wanted to, but I wanted to see where I landed. And I landed close to maintenance, just under. And so I felt really good about where I was the next Monday. That was just this past week. Monday, I went into the gym. I just killed it. Had an incredible leg day session. Loved it. And I thought to myself, do you know what? That last bit of shred, it's not worth it. It's not. It is not worth the next three. I would probably for that next bit of shred that I want, I'd probably have to go for another three, maybe even four weeks at that deficit with all of that cardio. I've done it before, guys. I've done it before. I've gotten that lean. And I just really took a moment and I just was like, no, it is not worth it. It's fun, but I know that I don't thrive there. And so it is fun to get there. And then to know that you're going to come out of it, that's really important to know that um, for women, majority of the time, obviously, depending on where they store body fat, some women only store it in their legs and they don't in their abs. And so they can walk around year round with what appears like a shredded six pack because they hold their body fat on other places. So their overall body fat percentage is actually higher than what I would have to push down to get that same amount of shreds on my abs. Because remember what I said, when I put body fat on, where does it go? It goes right to my stomach and my arms. So for me to get shredded down on my stomach and my arms, I do have to drop the body fat a little bit lower into like 16%. I can do well at 17 and 18%. My biofeedback does well. I've done blood work around there. And I've been able to maintain that with a healthy lifestyle, healthy approach in mind and body, and my blood work still comes back great. So it does require a little bit more mindfulness. So it just depends on what you want to do. Do you want to sacrifice and have that extra mindfulness around food? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So that's why it's really good to be aware of that and allow your body to fluctuate and be okay and just be like, you know, if I ever want to get back there, I know what to do. So for me, where I'm at right now, I'm at about 16.5% body fat. I have a six pack. I'm loving where I'm at right now. 
And I call it a special lighting six pack because I don't just walk around looking completely shredded all the time. I have to flex and get in the right lighting for the six pack. But right now I'm lean and my arms are a lot leaner so you can see more muscle. And I really enjoy this. So I've chosen to stay here and I'm going to reverse and see how I feel in probably a month's time. So that leads us to this next question about how do you know when to reverse? So there's two main reasons why you'd reverse. The first one is mentally you're just done. And that's where I am. My biofeedback besides my husband sleeping, like his snoring, I don't know what's going on, but my biofeedback has been really good. And so if I wanted to physically, I could continue on with a cut and be fine. But mentally, I'm not. I'm not there. And so what would happen if I tried to force myself right now mentally is my compliance would suffer. And so I really wouldn't be in the calorie deficit I would need to be in order to see the results that I would want to see. So I would just be kind of living in this low compliance, what I refer to as the diet mindset. I'm sure if you followed me for a while, you've heard me say that. I would probably fall into the diet mindset, meaning that my mind would be focused on restriction and a cut, but my compliance would be suffering to the point where I probably would be landing closer to maintenance on most days anyways, or just not have the aggressive approach that I need to, to take things to the next level that I wanted to. So for me, the best thing right now for mentally is to get out of the diet. So I am going to reverse. I'm going to start on on Monday. Now, tomorrow I'm leaving for like a, a women's retreat that I'm really excited about, and I'm not going to have a lot of control over my foods. And so Monday, I'm still going to start my reverse though, and I'll just see where I'm landing when I get back from this retreat. So if you have a lot of questions about reversing, you can start following me on Monday. I'm going to start keeping some really good uh, measurements and tracking this reverse so that I can share the information with you guys. Now, as far as other reasons to reverse, when biofeedback starts coming back bad. So if you're struggling with fatigue and energy levels and you've been going for 12 weeks or even longer, it's probably time to start reversing. If your sleep is suffering, your stress is moving up, your resting heart rate really starts to move up, your cravings start to get really bad. And keep in mind, I always hesitate bringing up cravings because some people who have lived off of sugar or who try to do just a if it fits your macros type of approach where it's like all junk food on their diet, their cravings are going to be high anyways. If you're not doing more of a flexible diet, which is like an 80% whole foods and a 20% um, fun foods, that's the best way to control cravings in a diet. If you're just trying to fit whatever crap food for every single meal, then your cravings are going to be high the whole time and it's really hard to measure them as a sort of biofeedback. So if your sex drive, you've noticed that really plummeting, your energy levels, your fatigue levels, you can't sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night numerous times and can't sleep, you're having really bad mood swings. These are all indications that it's time to get out of the cut. 
And remember, we really do want to spend more time out of the year in maintenance versus in a cut. The And I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. I truly believe the reason why this cut for me was so good was because the past like 25 months, I had spent so much time building as much muscle tissue as I could and focusing on eating at maintenance or above. So I really think it set my body up and it also set my mind up to be able to do the short stint of restriction that comes with a cut. It really set me up for success with mind and body. But I'm here to tell you too, I'm just a warning, don't do what I did. The last three weeks, I could have still stayed in a cut and gotten really good results had I not gotten too greedy. Guys, I made the mistake that so many people do. And I was so kind of bugged at myself over this because I'm like, I've been doing this so long. And here I just made the mistake that I warn everybody about. But we all get a little emotional. I'm going to have grace with myself on this one. I did. I got a little too emotional, a little too greedy. And if I had just stayed where I was at, because man, I was in a groove, I could have seen even slightly more results with the same amount of effort instead of trying to drop it to 30 and doing even more. So don't make that mistake. Thank you so much, guys. Hopefully this has helped. Just I hate making this all about me. So hopefully I've dropped in some other, some enough tidbits that you guys can be able to wisely choose from the information what applies to you so that you can have a more successful cut or so that you can know when to reverse. Now, a reverse, I truly believe, needs its own episode. And so look for that over the next few weeks. You know, while I'm going through a reverse, a lot of it's going to be on my mind. So it's going to be pretty easy to do one, two, three episodes on reversing. I'll get in some other coaches here to also share their experiences with reversing and what works really well for them. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, just shoot me a message on Instagram at Lifting Lindsay. Or you can always check out my website, liftinglindsay.com, for coaching options as well as for more information on my training app.